Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. In our ever-changing world that is still on shutdown because of the COVID-19 virus, there is still one thing we can count on in the world of entertainment. Yep, it is the TV franchise NCIS on CBS. You know, we, as we continue to enlighten, inform, and yes, entertain you, my guest today is CCH Pounder, who, of course, plays Dr. Loretta Wade on NCIS New Orleans. Welcome, CC. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was certainly so deserved. My goodness. You know, we were just talking about, um, well, before we before we actually started talking on air here, about your episode. Now, NCIS came back on, the new season started, I believe, in February. Yeah. Was it, yes, February. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're into yeah. the season a little bit. Uh, how many episodes do you have this year? We this had uh, 24 official, and we didn't make it all the way because of COVID, so we, are, we did 20. Okay, well, at least we will be able to see all of these new episodes. Thank goodness. Yes, you'll, because... see, you'll see 20 of them, and, and they're really varied this year. Uh, a a new mix of writers and writing and it's really kind of pretty spectacular it really is uh the episode that i saw last night was the one that really featured your talents i mean you're always featured but you know it was really kind of i'm like oh yay it's the cc show (laughs) (laughs) i mean your character i I did get a little extra going on i got a, a little boyfriend annoyance action i got you know there there was a lot of things happening in that but more than anything the episode's called bias it was written by talisha riggs and um rags and Mm -hmm. um she she wrote about uh a police officer who is a mistaken identity you know where where he accidentally shoots in a crowd and perhaps gets the wrong person perhaps and it is the how we sort of form our own factions within um within our community like so how how the blacks see the shooting how the whites saw the shooting how the people in the office think it's how it normally would happen of course you know the the officer was right of course the the black um, officers in the office think that once again you've made another mistake it's all the biases that come to a head when an incident like this happens and how yes. they show it um, uh, in this particular episode I think is pretty fabulous. It really was. And I, and it's so, you know, it so mirrors what's going on, or at least what was going on in many of our communities. Um, the, the COVID-19 is kind of interesting because I don't know about down there in New Orleans, but here in L.A., which, of course, is, you know, there's always some kind of crime going on or some kind of a high speed chase. I've only seen one high speed chase. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I mean, I've been in shock. This is only one high speed chase. Turns out it was a woman. And then the other thing is nobody's really talking about crime. Everybody's kind of coming together. So I know it's really pathetic that. In a crisis, we come together and we look at each other and we see each other as opposed to when all is well, suddenly there's something wrong with you next door and something wrong with that one down the street. And and we create these divisions and fences so quickly 
once crisis is over, the moment there's a crisis, because I, I know this from the earthquake with my husband, mm -hmm. who could not stand his neighbor. And they <laughs> ended up sleeping together in the car in front of the house and then having to talk to each other and See? like the guy is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know that this, this, situation has such a silver lining to it that we have the potential of moving like the whole human race forward as opposed to just factions over here and factions over there but you know we have gone grown really accustomed to being unfriendly and unappreciative of each other so it, it might That's be just so as easy true. to fall right back in on what you know well, it usually is, but I think what you just said was so poignant. This this really is the opportunity for the human race to move forward. It really and is. I think that's yeah. something we need to take that and put that word out there. It's the entire human race. The other interesting thing that I've noticed, um, you know, here in Los Angeles, we do we we've got millions of people, and and you gotta you gotta get this virus thing on, you know undercover here and, and get rid of it but all that being said i've noticed that people with the whole social distancing thing it's not easy to stand six to ten feet from someone and have a conversation people just all of a sudden they want to come closer and closer and closer um and there's something about that too in the human spirit that we didn't seem to know i think that we, we always want to connect <laughs> another got so many examples of this. my goodness I just realized that um, I was in the desert um, in Mali of all places and I remember an argument with two gentlemen they had all the space in the world it's empty except for the two of them and two cars and they were literally nose to nose and I said to my husband I said oh my god are they gonna fight he said no 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 they're just having a conversation <laughs> they look like they're about to bust these heads off apart okay but I think they, each one wanting to get their part with their enthusiasm and they we start to come together really naturally. Now here in New Orleans, it's warm. So people are out and about, people are walking their dogs. I'm not seeing a lot of masks. They are mm -hmm. adhering to the 10 feet apart, um, but I'm seeing picnics. I'm seeing, um, I think they had to shut down the basketball court because oh, guys yeah. are sort of just didn't get that in their head. And, um, but they're, you know, folks are running and biking and so on. But um, the, the sense of what's going on in the rest of the world, like in comparison to in Italy or China, no, I don't think it's quite hit home yet. But no. I am staying under wraps. And I'm sort of Good for you. very Good cautious for you. And taking all precautions and washing my hands and yes. covering my face. Even if we don't have masks, we've got scarves, we've got, you know, shawls, I mm -hmm. just throw it on. You know, right, because you don't want anyone to really... Might be the most important thing to be wearing. Right, isn't that the truth? Because you don't want anybody to just accidentally cough or sneeze on you and you don't have your face right. protected. Everything, right. everything else would be fine. But but to get on to the other reason that we're speaking with you this morning, other than the fact that everybody that we know just loves you and our, our entire audience does, um, you have been an art collector for a long time. Serious art yeah. collector. And uh, one of your collection 
well, you have, I think, a couple, but your collection was due, I believe, to open at uh, the Detroit's, Char Detroit's Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Um, right. And I believe that's this week or next week or something like oh, that. Oh, no, actually, it's, it's still up. It's in, in fact, it's extended uh, until oh, July, till the end of July. And um, oh, good. up until our favorite virus, it was doing very well um, introducing new crowds to the museum. And I was really happy about people's curiosity. Um, the show is called Queen. And it's an extension of the show that I did here in New Orleans at Xavier University's gallery. And mm -hmm. um, now I sort of put this wish out that I just don't want to wait for people to inherit the collection and it stays in the basements of museums until it gets trotted around at Black History Month. I mm -hmm. want it out and about, for, you know, as long as it can be. And so... Um, I started with the right, and um, it will continue after COVID. We have to sort of redo how our schedules are, obviously. Right. But um, it's, it's a collection specifically of African-American women, Afro-Caribbean women, African women, um, historical to contemporary, and how it's, they're interpreted by our artists. Um, wow. So, it's really fun to watch. There's some beautiful pieces. And I hope, um, I actually sent out a missive saying, you know, perhaps we'd need to put it online at this point. But um, Oh, that's a thought. I mean, you know, yes. at some point, if for some reason, I mean, isn't that wonderful that we, at least this pandemic happened in the digital age where we can do things like that. But there's something about actually going to a museum, especially for people who don't often get a chance to do that. Um, so we're hoping that people can really get to the Charles H. Wright Museum once we get a grip on, on the COVID thing. But back to I what you were talking about. I think one of the about. great things, oh sorry, I think one of the great things of what I saw so far when it was open was people reacting to seeing themselves a mm -hmm. portraiture, you know? It was just yes. so thrilling for me that I, you don't realize that we don't see ourselves that much. We don't see ourselves in various ways. So um, I'm really delighted that I, I had those uh, paintings to show. So well, we'll see yeah, how it works us out about that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about them. I know that uh, the Queen, there's, you know, like you said, it's all by African-American, Caribbean, and African artists who happen to be women. Um, you have more than 500 works of art. You're, that's your portfolio, no. about 500 or Okay. More. <laughs> Is it more than that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've got, I've got an awful lot of art. Um, I've been collecting for about 40 years, so since I was still in school even, um, I traded work with artists, you know, who needed meals, and mm -hmm. so all through my young life, I found a way to collect art, and at one point had a very hard time deciding whether I'd be an artist or an actor, so it was, wow. it was always there, yeah. Well, so you know, now I found, it, I think, an even better way to do it because I've been given the gift of being able to work in the industry as an actor. And I can still introduce visual artists to the likes of people like myself. So that's really 
Uh, no, that's fighter. very cool. It's very cool. See, pe- people, though, I think, you know, when you say that you're an art collector like that, even though you started when you were very young and, and traded and mm-hmm. bartered and all of that, mm-hmm. I think people still look at it as a very heady thing. And it's like, oh, well, she can do that because she's a very rich actress or something like that. That's not it. Right. And there's a whole no. other level of appreciation of art, especially like when you said that people can see themselves. Uh, talk a little bit about a couple of the pieces in this collection. I know that there is a, I read something about a stunning woman standing on top of a giant scallop shell. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about that piece. Oh, yes. Does this that make is sense? a piece by um, Harmonia Rosales, and it's called The Birth of Oshun. So she took the original Botticelli influence of The Birth of Venus, uh, which is a woman in a half shell. And all around her courtiers are black. And the woman in the in the um, in the shell is the birth of Oshun, which slash the birth of Venus. But she is gold being covered in blackness. This is really spectacular, very colorful. It's a beautiful piece, and she was true to Botticelli, and she was true to herself. It's a wonderful combination of pieces. There's also an incredible, very powerful, exceedingly large painting of Winnie Mandela and um, it is at the time of her absolute maturity she is neither young beauty uh, or or old and broken she's right in the center in the center of her power and it's a very powerful painting in her uh, native costume and uh, it's a, just a portrait of her face but Wow. Uh, she is got really piercing eyes and is looking directly at you. It's, it's, it's a wonderful piece. Wow. You know what, Cece? Yeah. I have actually seen some of your collections. So I know how fabulous this is. But for especially for young people out there today, and, and there are a lot of people who really want to be visual artists, what would you say to them? What bit of advice would you give to them, especially in these peculiar times? It's funny, the peculiar times of probably one of the greatest opportunities to do something about it and first of all there are actually lots of courses online now and many of them are free so if there's anything that you want to just learn about or curious just to start it starts at beginners all the way to advanced if you just want to improve a certain technique so there is visual which is sort of there's drawing there's sculpture there's clay work there's glass works. There are many, many things that you couldn't possibly imagine, but you could go from one to the other. And um, just if, if you can get to the internet, uh, take a look and just start with something that just says beginning. For instance, I've been a quiet photographer for years. And mm-hmm. I always said, you know what? I, I should put this up on time. I've done a couple of exhibits just at work along the corridors of CBS production here in New Orleans, but uh-huh. um, I've, I've never actually gone all the way, and yet I find myself in these most amazing countries in unusual situations, so I said, I document it that way, but I've never shown it. And so now, with this time on my hands, I'm going to catalog 80,000 photographs. You hear oh me? my goodness. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. 80,000 photographs over a 25 year period. Um, wow. It's insane. 
but I get a chance to clean it up and just show people where where you've been and be able to tell that、right. story. And tell that story. Oh, you've got lots、yes. of stories to tell, my lady. You just really have it. But the main thing is, please keep telling us the story on NCIS <laughs> New Orleans, because that's you know that's one of the few things that we can. As I said when we started, it, it's there's some comfort in knowing. Okay, this has been here. This is still here. It hasn't、yes. changed. And you know what's really you lucky know. that that show that we talked about bias aired last night. But now, because of this, it's also on demand on CBS All Access, accesscbs.com. So you can、mm-hmm. actually just just go to that, and you'll be able to see what we were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and th- and that will be for the entire season. I am so sure. Yeah, you know, before yes, I let I you go, go none of us, none of us really know what's going to happen here. But I'm always a glass half full girl, and I do believe that once we get a grip on this and find a vaccine and everybody goes back to work, I have a feeling it's going to be a mad rush. I don't know what it, what are your thoughts or what are you hearing from your production company and and from CBS? What are they saying right now? Well, the re- I don't—they're not saying anything. But I'll tell you why I believe it's a mad rush. I think the one thing that the COVID has done is people realize, okay, with discipline, I can work from home. I can do a lot of things remotely. I think less people will be going to desk jobs. I think more content will be needed for all the people that are suddenly plugged into the internet, grandmas, etc. And、mm-hmm. um, I think the paradigm has changed.、It's It's already gone into a different mode, and we're going to be a different set of people. And all we've got to be careful of is eating. Stop snacking while we're. Oh, I know. I know. Good lord. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be <laughs> like every cartoon I've seen about the future. I know. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? People. Well, that that is true too. My husband is is sending out emails with a statement. I think he says something like, "The waste is a terrible thing to mind." So, waste being W A I S T. Got you. I got you. So, oh my god. I know. So you can you can go ahead and use that. I'll let him know that you're using that one. Uh, I know that's the only thing because that's all we've been doing is cooking. It's like, oh, good lord! Don't even get to that one. I know. Well, listen, we love you. Thank you so much for all you do over over the years, and and you know, just keep Doctor Loretta Wade going as long as you can, there, darling. As long as I can. Thank you. I know. Thank you very very much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. In spite of, we always do it. In spite of, and for everybody else out there listening, don't forget to download this episode of Hollywood Live Extra on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or the AURN app, or all of your other podcast directories. Make sure you download all of them. You don't want to miss any of them. We've got some great stuff. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.